0: Hey everybody! Wow, that was loud. Welcome to Weekly Review with Roman. Today, it's Friday, June 26th, 2020. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're broadcasting live from the Mission District in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land, and if you stay tuned, uh, we'll learn more about the land. I am going to be playing, and the folks who have been here, um, there was a great caravan this past Saturday that went from Oakland to Presidio Park in San Francisco. The Do No Harm Coalition were one of the organizations that put it together. It's a caravan for black lives. And folks were speaking about police violence and about how San Francisco has changed over time and what can be done to correct it. So that's a, uh, that's I don't know if that's the best summary. It's, n- it's probably not the best summary. I'm pretty sure it's not. However... I am going to play this uh, rally there are several different speakers there and I learned a lot and that's that's that I'll be checking in a little bit later in the show um, perhaps to share a few upcoming events and other action items that folks can participate in and if folks are interested you can find this um, through the do no harm coalition health workers for black lives it was recorded live and you can find it on facebook if you go to the do no harm coalition page It's about a four hour video, um, because the whole caravan took a a number of hours, they had music playing and a few different speakers, and I'll be playing the last hour and a half or so. There also is an ASL interpreter um, throughout, so if you know folks who are deaf and or hard of hearing and would like to share that with them, the video provides an ASL interpreter. Cool, well, thanks so much for tuning in, and I'm going to get this playing right now. Also, start off the show with some music by a Minnesota band called Fourth Curtis, and that's a number four, and it's an all queer uh, rock band. And I heard them on the Current, which is one of my favorite radio stations out of Minneapolis. Cool. All right, so going to get everything all set up here. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back in a little bit.
1: Thank you, everyone, for coming today on this a uh, beautiful journey here to Yalamu from the territory of Huchin. Thank you for feeling, being here with healing in your heart and a prayer for this violence to end so that we can evolve to a culture of care for every person, every animal, every being, every drop of water that is our life is sacred and must be treated with the utmost respect and protection, because it is all we have. I'm so honored to be here in Yalama with you, so many healers and artists and activists and, and, and healers. You all are healers. Thank you for joining here today. And it is my absolute honor to introduce to you another healer. This is his ancestral land. This is Tush Ohlone land. We are in the village of Yalamu. I want you to say it after me. Yalamu,
2: Yalamu, Yalamu. Yalamu.
1: this is San Francisco for only 150 something years, for 10,000 years, this is Yalamu, Yalamu,
2: Yalamu.
1: Yalamu. I can't hear you, Yalamu. 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 It's important that we know this because the same forces that are destroying our black and brown, people who are just crumbling over our unhoused people. The same forces of violence that we witnessed, the suffering in the bodies in the hospital. This violence has been in this land since colonialism started. We must name it as such. So it is my great honor to introduce Greg Castro. Welcome, Greg Castro.
3: It's Monica, Thank you all for being here today. Uh, thank you, Rupa. It's funny for inviting me to be a part of this uh, event and for all the work you do and for the opportunity to tell you publicly for the first time how much I appreciate and welcome and honor you for the work you do in our ancient homeland here. And you asked me one time, so I wanna make sure everybody knows that you have my blessing and, and honor to be practicing medicine in our homeland, saving our people. Thank you. Welcome to the Ramatushaloni homeland. Those words are some of the only few words that are left from the cultural and physical genocide of the people that used to call this home for more than 10,000 years. They're underneath us, and they're around us. We believe they're in these trees that when they went into the ground, the trees were nurtured and replenished by their bodies and their spirit. So they are here with us, and we are here with them. And I thank you all for being here today. Today, I want to uh, tell you how... Humbled and honored I am to be a part of this event here today. Uh, to first of all honor our healthcare workers that are the uh, frontline warriors Woo! in this battle today. They're our frontline warriors, and they don't get nearly enough of anything, including pay, to do what they do day in and day out. May we know though that they do it from their heart. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here to support them. I am honored. And humbled and very proud to be able to say that the Shaloni people are here in alliance and support and as co-conspirators of our black relatives who are being oppressed and diminished. But they will not allow themselves to be diminished just like my ancestors did not allow themselves to be diminished. We have experienced so much in the 250 years since the first Europeans came here, and very quickly we we ourselves did diminish almost to the point of extinction. And the fact is is that there are actually no known descendants of the Alamo itself. None. The family trees, the family lineages that are the only descendants, and I am just one of them come from just a short distance south of here, right outside of of San Francisco, in Pacifica. Big England is the name of the village. And three generations after the Spaniards first came here, there was only one left. Only one Ramatush Ohlone of the entire cultural area. And from that came four branches that managed to survive till today. And I don't say that to put a damper on anybody else's spirit. I live with it every day, but what it also tells me is there's hope. No matter what, there is hope. And no matter what, we know at least one ancestor of ours didn't give up. And I see a lot of people here that don't look to me like any of you are going to give up. And I'm honored to be among you. And I'm going to close my brief remarks here with a quick little song. Um, and it applies to today. My mother was a uh, Rumson the Monterey area. And they have some of their culture did survive. And they have something called the Fog Song. And it certainly would apply to here. But I often sing it not to clear the fog away from the atmosphere, but to clear the fog away from our hearts and our minds because we must remember our ancestors that taught me taught me that we cannot conquer hate with hate. We can only conquer it with love. And that's how we survive because the only kind of survival that means anything is survival with honor and dignity and respect. We don't get that from this new society. We know that they are morally, ethically, spiritually bankrupt. We cannot be like them so we, we must remember who we are wherever you come from remember who you are remember the ancestors that allowed you to be here because of the struggles they went through <laughs> Ara pa chiti huwan wasihiem. 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 Ara pa chiti huwan wasihiem.
1: Thank you, and now, our MC for this portion, Equipto. This is my, this is one of my five patients who changed my life. Here we go.
4: And she's the doctor that saved my life. Let's get that straight, too. How's everybody feeling? Can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me? I want to make sure this gentrified-ass neighborhood hears me, too. I think I can say that because I was born and raised in this city. I was born in St. Louis Hospital, and I grew up in this park and been here for 46 years. You know what I'm talking about? I remember, I know I know we're talking about health, and it's not the most healthiest thing, but there used to be liquor stores on every corner. <laughs> but what's healthy is community. It used to be community. It used to be black and brown. You had folks coming down from the project. You had the folks from Rock Park coming together playing football here, and we had fights and shit, but we selling it ourselves. We dealt with it ourselves, as community should. So I think when we're talking about police and everything that's going on right now, I want I'm gonna quote and paraphrase a few things because I believe in not trying to reinvent the wheel. Right, this is something that's been going on. You talk, uh, but two months ago or two years ago or two months ago, you talk about fund the police and people would look at you crazy, right? And I think it's important that we have this momentum going on. I wanna give a shout out, can we all make some noise for the three statues that went down yesterday of the racist, Whoa. ass, slave, owning colonizers? By the people I my head, by the people. Columbus went down the other day, but that was like the city did that shit because indigenous folks have put their, you know, put the pressure on these folks to make this happen, right? Yeah. So I think it's important that we don't let folks co-op, you know, the movement they don't hijack the movement they don't joyride the movement because you have institutions corporations businesses even politicians that are saying fund the police now right so we got to step up our language and step up our literature and our messaging as we go along you know even some of these chants not get played out but it's like we have to advance it. it's not like f the police we're like abolish the police like <laughs> because like i said i want to quote an incredible organizer by the name of kiwi and he said Fuck the police is the attitude, defund the police is the tactic, and abolish the police is the goal. And I couldn't put it more plainer, right? I couldn't put it more plainer. He couldn't put it more plainer, but I just wanted to share that with y'all. And I think we're in a time of that. And another quote I want to say is from my favorite communist, Vladimir Ilyich Lenin. And he said something to the point where it was like there's decades where nothing happens, and there's weeks where decades happen, right? And I think we're all recognizing we kind of living in that time right now. We all have to step up to the plate, I feel, especially Frisco. Seattle, they're taking over six block zones, going into City Hall, Oakland racing hell, you know what I mean? Like, Frisco, we got to step our motherfucking game up. I'm sorry. So that goes along with organizing covertly, right? Like, yeah, we're going to have our heart in the streets. We're never going to watch the police try to beat down our sisters and brothers. We'll be there to protect folks. But we have to organize covertly. We have to train mentally, physically, and spiritually. All this shit, because we're at war. And when we're at war, it's okay to retreat and heal at times. That's what we have to be here for the long run. You see, all these youngsters... Leading the way, it's been beautiful, right? And they have to understand that it's gonna—it's a marathon. I know it's cliche, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. But it's hella real. That's how we have to put it to these folks because it's a long road ahead. If we're talking about abolishing the police, there's steps that we have to take, right? And I'm not one that trusts the voting system. I don't trust politicians. I don't trust nonprofits that say fuck the police and then take pictures with the police the next day. I just don't get down like that. So we have to put pressure on these politicians daily. We got this thing back in the city hall is gonna open back up. Let's take it to their doorstep. They wanted to fund the police. We want to abolish the police. So I missed the caravan, man. I'm so pissed off. I wanted to ride across the bridge with y'all. I know it was so dope and y'all was going like four miles an hour. You know what I mean? Holding space on the bridge. And speaking of the bridge, I want to bring up a few young organizers. A few days ago, they shut down the bridge. And they're going to come up and chop it up with y'all. I'm hella proud. I'm hella happy. These these folks are really organizing, and doing their thing. Look at this handsome young brother and this beautiful young lady. Make some noise for Dave and Stunner Man. Oh, too.
5: I so, want to say thank you to my big bro, he clipped over real quick, his uncle real quick. Can y'all hear me in the back? If y'all ready for revolution, let me get a hell yeah. Hell yeah. If y'all ready to change some shit up, let me get a hell yeah. hell yeah. If y'all ready to defund the police and get the community right, let me get a hell yeah. hell yeah. All right, man, that's beautiful. I thank you for everybody that came out. Thank you for everybody who supported us last week as we shut down the bridge. It was nerve-wracking, but we had to stand up. Uh, yesterday, people don't, my, many people might not know, but just like how these beautiful people are dressed up in their ceremonial garments, yesterday was a celebration of some over 100 years of being, quote-unquote, emancipated in America for black people. So, let's make some noise for the Juneteenth. Let's make some noise for... Yeah, there we go. But other than legal slavery, which is the 13th Amendment, let's make some noise for being free. And on this day, June 20th, 2020... Let's make some noise for ourselves and pushing for that revolution that is going to emancipate everybody from this tight, this grip hold that society has on us, that the government has on us. So I appreciate y'all for coming. Uh, we came here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I did say make some noise, but I appreciate it. Uh, we came here not only to just come and talk and speak passionately like a crypto does so very well, but we came here to push a message, came here to push an agenda. We came here to let y'all know, when I talk about my points, two things, gentrification and education, are so intertwined that they have us not realizing how it's dismantled the city and how all these people who should be connected are so far away from each other. Now, we know after World War II, when the black people try to come back and get these government loans that a lot of people were given, we know redlining prevented that. And we know that on top of that, that school taxing... Comes from the taxpayers and the property taxes, and is funneled back into public schools. The two play together. So, in order to do that, we have to do what Equitos so illustri- illustriously and beautifully said is: we have to find a way to make the com- community a union a union again. The common unity of the community is essential. So, in doing that, what we have to do is come together like this. Not just today, not just tomorrow, but like Equipto said, it's not a cliche, it's a marathon. We're going to keep running 26 miles of straight, fearless acts. It's going to be, whether it's 26 days, 26 months, or 26 years, we're going to keep pushing until everybody here feels like an equal, no matter your sex, race, uh, uh, denomination, everything, you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna talk too much more. I'm not gonna talk too much more. But just to go into that, we need things in uh and in, uh, in terms of gentrification, we need to fight back. We need reverse gentrification. We need the people who are in position. We need the people who are in position to help, and we need to establish group economics. What group economics does is it says if she has a business and I have a business or. He needs a place to stay and I have a place to stay. It means buying property so we can acquire wealth. It means her, if her business is selling juice and my business is making food, that means we come together on the weekend and say, hey, let's come together to make some money so we could grow something big and eventually own a restaurant. We have to go in here, we have to network, we have to meet each other so that when we come together, we're able to come together and make something prosperous so we don't have to rely on the government we don't have to rely on white people who don't love us we don't have to rely on evil people who want to kill us yesterday if you didn't know the juneteenth was an event where it was all black of course there was other non-black people there who were supporting and showing love but there were no police there were no people that got killed or hurt. I mean, there were a couple of fights, but you know, a proximity breeds some violence sometimes. But at the same time, what I'm saying is the whole moral of the story is that without police, there was still prosperous positivity. And I know that's what the community can do. We can do that in reverse gentrification, and we can do that by providing education, not just in school, but through experiences, through vocational avenues, and through everyday experiences. People like Equinto taught me more than I ever learned in school. And I feel like that's necessary. Um, I'm going to let Day go in about this health and just about life. And she, once you hear her talk, you're going to be mesmerized and it's going to touch your soul. Hey,
6: everybody. So this is my hometown, my uh, my district. You know what? Before I topic jump in the topic of health, I just want to touch on something. A crypto said about how love needs to conquer hate. Before I came here, I don't know if you guys know, but Trump did his little rally today to counter protest Juneteenth. Real ugly, right? Um, but guess what? There's more people here right now than there was at his protest. So what does that say? this crowd would pay to be here you know we're all here for solidarity because we love each other we need to uplift each other and we need to hold that bond and just strengthen each other through these times the media is trying to divide us do not fall into their tactics whatever issues you might have with one individual does not correspond for a group of people so you need to separate the two and get the issues now we can't keep moving forward with all this weight and that's the thing, if this is a marathon, how far you think you're gonna run carrying all this weight on you? You're not gonna make it far. We need to stay together. We need to stop and dead all of that. Especially that, like, this is dope. Look at how many people here. Look at what love brings and look what love unites. So one time for the one time, can I get a fuck Donald Trump? Okay, I just had to get that one out there because you know he's out there talking that shit. So I'm gonna talk my shit. Uh, <laughs> So, I'm a physiologist and I'm studying to become a doctor right now, and, and um, through all my time and experience, I've noticed the differences in the healthcare system. I saw a sign earlier which said medical racism is a public health crisis, and that's the best way to put it. Medical racism is a health crisis, a public health crisis, and we need to do something about it. When we shut down the Bay Bridge. We didn't just shut down the bay bridge and against police brutality we have six main points that we shut the bridge down and one of those points is healthcare we're being murdered by the system the system knows exactly what's going on and nobody's doing anything united healthcare is the largest provider of insurance in the uh, u.s and kaiser is the largest in california we have a system known as the health to wealth gradient the health to wealth gradient says with 99.9 percent accuracy they can determine what you'll die from and when based on your income and your zip code. Who does that disenfranchise? We talked about red lighting. We're talking about education. We're talking about income inequalities. Who's dying? Who's dying? It's us. And that's the thing, this is not being highlighted on the media. How many people are getting murdered just from police brutality? It's a silent genocide that's going on within the nation that nobody wants to talk about, but we need to talk about it. We need to bring light and we need to bring change. We also need to bring change into the educational system. The medical doctor profession is on the Black. Chiropractic is 1% Black. We're going to these different doctors for healthcare but they can't relate to us or what our struggles and what we're going through. We need to ask UCSF, what is your demographics looking like? We need to ask other medical schools, what are your demographics looking like? What are you doing to get me to where I need to go? I went to John O'Connell High School. How did John O'Connell, I never had to do homework because we couldn't afford paper. We didn't have textbooks. What I was doing in John O'Connell from my previous school, I had done in eighth grade, I was doing my senior year. But then we have Lowell across town was the best high school in all of California. That doesn't sit right with my spirit and it does. It sets, us up for, it sets us up for success. It sets us up for failure. So also San Francisco, what are you doing within your own education system? Why are you passing students along just to pass them along? And it becomes a perpetual cycle that hasn't been broken yet. So hopefully today we can start shedding light on all these different issues, come together and just dismantle the system, because we need change, and the only way we're going to get change is this, apply pressure, like Equipto said, apply pressure, look what we've done, look what we've done, it's only been three weeks, and we're just getting started, we're just tipping it off, we are not That's all I wanna say, just go ahead, keep applying that pressure, you know this is a marathon and just know you hold the power. You hold the power. Nobody else, it's all in you. Think about it. If we wanna go break it down to economics, this will be my last point, but black and brown people dominate the US economy. Who holds the dollar? It's us. Who's spending the money? It's us, but guess what? Thanks to COVID, a lot of companies are on the brink of going bankrupt. Why do you think all these companies are saying black lives matter? They didn't give a fuck three weeks ago. They didn't. So what do we need to do now? We need to unite as a community and say, okay, Black Lives Matter, prove it. How are you gonna change your infrastructure? We withhold our dollar, it's over. We can make these companies go bankrupt and not come back. Then we can reestablish our own. So we need to start thinking about these companies that we're buying from, what are they doing for us? And if they're not doing anything for us, you know what? They're not getting our dollar. You know, there's certain things. Shoot, it's been hard not getting Amazon Prime. I'm not going to lie. But we need to do these things (laughs) to make sure we have these to actually make a change. And that change is going to come from us. So don't think you don't have the power. We have all the power. That's a lie that they tell us. Just know you got the power. Check out what companies make sure you tap them with us in social media to make sure that we're letting you know the companies to avoid and make sure you just keep doing your research and just you know what apply that pressure. Thank you.
5: You know, Dave, every time she may look beautiful, but her words is even more beautiful, and that's the important thing. You know what I'm saying, yeah, she is. She is she is but beyond that um i want to thank the white coats because you know i just had a personal situation where i went to the er i went to go take my friend there because he broke his hand and i didn't have a bad experience but i had an experience where i just felt i was being neglected and, and ignored so i thank y'all for doing this because it allows me to know that all these people that are working in hospitals there are people that actually care about us that want us to live I just literally watched the video on Twitter where this black mom was yelling because her child had died, and the, and the people that were working there, the nurses and the doctors, literally did not care. She was crying and she was screaming because she was watching her child die. So we really appreciate y'all, and thank y'all. And let's, let's make some noise for them one time. Woo! Come on, San Francisco, I know y'all can get louder than that. Yeah, shout out to the white folks. Before I leave, let's leave with an exclamation point. Hey, when I say fuck, y'all say Trump. Fuck. Fuck. When I say defund, y'all say police. Defund. Police. Defund.
4: Police. All right, I love y'all. We gone. (laughs) Give it up to the youth, y'all. We got to radicalize our youth. Give them them books. Give them the UEP. Give them the assata. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to, like, he's like, he's trying to thank me. Don't thank me. Thank you, and of. They're the ones that's putting your brain with the game. So we, before we leave, we, we have to get the four directions going. We slipped up, and we didn't get to do the four directions, so we got to make sure we get this going. Hopefully pay respect. Pay attention. I'm gonna introduce a speaker, someone that's gonna share some game with y'all real quick, um, that's really important, someone that I admire and I know that's been putting a lot of work on certain issues out here that's been going on as far across the board. I need y'all to make some noise, but Nancy Peely please.
1: All right, can you hear me? So the first time that I became active in San Francisco against SFPD was when Idris Stelly got killed by SFPD in the movie theater at the Metreon. They shot him over 20 times. And I think I had just turned 18 and his girlfriend was a friend of mine and she called the cops because he was having, uh, he was freaking out and she didn't know what to do. So she's lived ever since then with knowing that she's the one who called the cops on him. And as soon as that happened, a bunch of us went to Terrence Callanan's office and threw a protest there. And um, I learned a chant that day and uh, I wanna teach it to you guys. I'm sure you all know it, but let's do it together, right? So let's have everybody who's on the left side of the park over here to this side, when I say, ain't no power, you guys, okay, this whole side, we're all gonna say, ain't no power, okay? So ain't no power like the power of the people. We're gonna say that, okay? You guys ready? Let's practice it one time. Ain't no power like the power of the people. Got it? Y'all got that? Okay, so now this side, we're going to say, because the power of the people don't stop. Y'all with it? Let's try it. Because the power of the people don't stop. Okay, so on the left-hand side, can I hear you guys? Ain't no power like the power of the people. Because the power of the people don't stop. Say what? ain't no power like the power of the people cause the power of the people don't stop say what? Ain't no
2: power like the power of the people don't stop say what? Ain't no power like the power of the people don't
1: stop say what? Ain't no power like the power of the people Cause the power of the people don't stop say what? Ain't no power like the power of the people Cause the power of the people don't stop I love you guys, thank you. Can I get a, uh, uh. The thing that they asked me to come up here to talk to you guys about is that there's been a, a pandemic in the city of violence for a very long time. There have been hella people who have been injured by weapons, There have been hell of people who have been injured by our own people, by each other, and by the police. One of the ways that our community has combated that, even in the face of this crazy gentrification that has taken every family that lived on this block off this block, the last family that lived here lived in that house right there, and then it was taken and now it's for sale again. So even as people have pushed us out, even as people have been thrown off to Pittsburgh, to Antioch, all over the place, there's still this concept that we have, that we have the right to live and we have the right to raise our kids and we have the right to be in the sunshine and sit in the grass. And I feel like a lot of that feeling comes from this park. And I learned that feeling in this park because my family built the house here before I was born and we were raised here until we got evicted. And um, one of the things that I saw happen was two young people got killed in this park, Sylvia and Carlos. So Sylvia and Carlos got killed right here, right where we're standing. And the solution that the community that lived around this park came to was to get all the kids together and have them all paint tiles. So all these tiles that we're standing on top of have art contributed by young people who were peers of those two kids that got killed right here. And then the bench that Alyssa's sitting on is actually made out of metal that came from guns that we melted down and turned into calla lilies and built a bench out of. So the actual physical structure that is sitting here is a repurposed weapon. And this bench has provided us with a place to kick it, a place to smoke, a place to chill, a place to strategize. Hell of the protest y'all been to would have never happened if we weren't sitting here at nighttime smoking, trying to figure out what the fuck to do. But when the community came together to address this act of violence, they healed all of us who had experienced it because they gave us a place to paint and they gave us something to sit on and they gave us a community to be with. And that healed us from that violence. So I grew up and I'm 40 now and I I have not been a victim of violence. I have never killed anyone. I have not taken any lives. And I promise that I'm gonna try my hardest to live my whole life without having to do that. I'm gonna try it. So what we learned from the organizers before us who facilitated this project is that reparations are important to the healing process. There has to be an acknowledgement of the harm. There has to be an acknowledgement of the hurt. And then collectively, we all have to do something my family lived a block away from where Alex Neto was killed at. So we heard the gunshots. And I think there was like 54, 50, 55, 59. There was 59 bullets that SFPD paid for with our tax dollars that were shot at that young man, a 23 year old young man right here in this picture. And that young man was wearing a Niners jacket because the Niners were doing hella good that time. And all of us were wearing Niners jackets, but that intimidated someone, that intimidated someone, a dog walker who was out there, felt in danger from his presence, from him being there and eating. They said that he was actively eating chips, so he was actually had two hands holding something, eating a burrito and some chips. So he wasn't coming at her, he wasn't coming at anybody. He was up there uh, on the lunch break as a security guard. And when the officers pulled up, they pulled up six cars, eight cars deep and came out with guns drawn and they executed that young man on this hill. This hill has not felt the same since then. We have a curse on this hill because of that. And it doesn't just affect those of us who are brown and like the Niners and wear burritos. That curse affects everyone who steps foot on this hill. So we are all responsible for the harm that was done to the Nieto family. That was their only son. And they raised him and kept him out of violence for his 23 years. And they got him to be educated and they encouraged him. And I worked at city college when he went to city college and people encouraged him to go try to help. So hella people invested energy into that young man with the expectation that he would come back and he would help the neighborhood. He decided he wanted to be a probation officer and work with at-risk youth. We are missing him now. There is a hole here where he should be. And do you know who owes us for that pain and that sorrow and that detriment? Who's responsible for the murder of Alex Nieto? (laughs) How do you spell murder? S-F-E-D. How do you spell murder? SFPD. How do you spell
2: murder? SFPD.
1: We paid for those bullets. And the best case scenario that they have in front of us is that because it's not gonna be tried in a criminal court, the best thing that could possibly happen is that there could be a civil trial and there could be a civil settlement and money could be exchanged. Will that bring him back? Will that fill the hole here that should be filled by a young person who wants to help younger people? Will that come out of the police officer's pension? Will that money come out of the police officer's budget? So does that solve the problem? I agree with you. The system that we have is providing us a path that says when it happens, then you do this, then that, then this. I've seen that pattern go over and over and over again. I'm not going to list the names because I don't have enough offering for all of those ancestors, so I'm not going to call them here. But let me tell you that we have done this over and over and over again for young people who have been killed by the SFPD. And those SFPD are texting each other racist-ass shit, talking about them being the Klan and them going out on the weekends to fucking burn crosses. Are those officers still on the force right now? Are those officers getting paid right now? Are those officers holding guns right now? Are those officers at our protests patrolling us? Those officers are being paid to watch us. Who's being paid to watch them? There is no fucking a system of accountability here. I'm a high school teacher. I got to get FBI clearance, fingerprints, fucking TV tests, just to show up in a classroom and teach 20 young people. Shout out if anybody here has ever been in any of my classes. So hella young people, trust our school system to show up. Parents, do you trust the school system and send your kids there? So we we put our kids every day into a school system because we feel like they're safe there. Because the teacher has to prove that they're not violent, that they're not a molester, that they're not gonna take weird pictures of the child, right? We only put people into the space where they're running a classroom if we believe that they are going to help our children. Do teachers get paid as much as cops? No. Do they gotta do bake sales to raise money for their guns? Do you see any officers out there doing GoFundMe's to buy a new tank? Because that is given to them. They have the whole budget that they need. They have logged in more overtime. Officers made the most money of any city employee last year, even more than the mayor, because they log in so much fucking overtime, because there is no accountability, because there is no checks and balances, because there is no one above them. If they ever fuck up and actually get caught in a racist text message scandal, who steps in to protect them? The union. Their union is called what?
2: POA. The POA.
1: Can I get a fuck the POA? Fuck
2: the
1: P O A. Fuck the 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 P O A. That is not a union. Throw your fist up if you're a union member. We are union members because we go to work and our unions protect us. The POA is not a union. The POA does not function like the AFL-CIO. They don't protect the people like the UFW does. Their job is to invest in our senators and in our congresspeople and in our politicians and buy them off. So we right here, our supervisor, she gets money from the sheriffs. We right here our uh, Congress people and our senators, they also take money from the POA and the police. Right, Scott Weiner takes hella money from the police. Fuck Uh, Scott Weiner. Fuck Scott Wiener. Fuck
2: Scott (laughs) Weiner. Fuck Scott
1: Weiner. Fuck Scott Weiner. Fuck
2: Scott Weiner. Fuck
1: Scott Weiner. Someone is running against Scott Weiner elect her instead she's an indigenous woman who puts in work for the people her name is jackie fielder and she put in hella work to build a sf bank so that we don't have to invest all of our dollars into east coast banks that are then going to go fucking build a pipeline her idea is that we'll put we'll keep the money here and if we keep the money here then we get to take cannabis dollars and then we can give out loans. Who wanna go to college? Here you go, you wanna buy a house? Here, you need to fix your car? Here, you wanna start a small business? Here you go, because if Frisco holds our own money, we hold our own power. But if we put our money every time we get paid into Wells Fargo, we give up our power. If we give our money to Amazon every time we get paid, we give up our power. We have economic power. It's not just voting on voting day that gives us power. We have power every single day. You don't have to wait till November. We can take Scott Wiener out of office right now. We can show up at Pelosi's house right now. We can show up at Pelosi's office right now. That is that's the next step, y'all. That's the next step. The next step is that we need to hold people to the fire. And they've told us before, don't go to somebody's house who's a politician because that's not appropriate.
2: Fuck that. not appropriate. appropriate?
1: But did it work though? Where's Gascon at? Fuck out of here. Gascon is gone. And we have Chessa now. And Chessa is for the people. So they're going to criticize your tactics when you take over the bridge and you stop traffic, and they're going to criticize your tactics when you knock down a statue, and they're going to say you should follow the process and wait till November to vote, but you know what? What? Ain't no power like the power of the people, because the power of the people don't stop. Say what? Ain't no power like the power of the people, because the power of the people don't stop. Say what? Ain't no power like the power of the people, cause the power of the people don't stop. Say what ain't no power like the power of the people, cause the power of the people don't stop. I love y'all. I love Pasadena Park. Thank you guys for being here. I'm gonna pass the mic to equip When he gets up here, can y'all give him give him some some applause and some love and respect for putting in work and smoking weed right in front of the police station? Can, you, can I get a hurry right, for quick draw on one two, three, one, two, three? One, two, three.
7: Wow. All
4: right, pull cool that mic off a little bit.
2: <laughs>
4: when I say Alex, y'all say Nieto. Alex.
2: Nieto. Alex. Nieto. When
4: I say Alex, y'all say Nieto. Alex. Nieto. Alex. Nieto. The next person that I'm gonna to introduce to speak on this microphone is so dearly, it's my queen, it's my everything. And when, when, I'm gonna keep it real, like, you know, social media, I have social media handles and all this type of shit, so people, a lot of it, tend to attach things to me. And they'd be like, oh, Equipto did this, and Equipto did that, and that's the reason that a lot of our youth can walk around radicalized and thinking free and thinking ways of revolution is because of this person that I'm about to bring up, whether it's school that she taught, her family she taught, myself, and a lot of others along the way. And when the Frisco five came together, it wasn't even, it was just a hunger strike. And it was my mother that gave the initiative and we're like, you guys need to get out there. We need to do a hunger strike to, you know what I'm saying? To get this chief out of here and, and get this mayor out of here. So please make some noise and welcome my mother, Mama Christina, y'all.
8: Okay. I'm old, so they worry that I can get sick. So I'm going to be here to say a few words to you. And what I want to start is by saying to remember that this country was born out of the genocide of the Native American people, the enslavement of black people brought here by force from Africa, the exploitation, the oppression the colonization of countries of black and brown people all over the world. We need to understand that to understand what's happening with the police in this country. Unless we understand that brothers and sisters, this struggle is going to become nothing. It's going to become a joke something that we dance about and do about, but we don't take the steps that are necessary to win the struggle once and for all. This is our moment to rise up, brothers and sisters. This is our
2: moment to win
1: this struggle. There is no
2: other moment,
1: brothers and sisters, right now, this is it. And we
8: need to develop leadership, brothers and sisters, leadership to this whole movement, no leader. Not me, I'm the leader, no. Leadership to this movement. So we can defund the police, totally abolish the police and establish a force, an institution that is there to serve and protect all of us. We should be focusing on the police and the police officer association. We should be in front of every single police station in this goddamn city and stop them from coming out. That's who we need to focus on because they are the enemy. They defend the enemy, which is the ruling class. And I'm sorry, but I have a lot of love in my heart, but my love is not the one that I said, I love you, goodbye. My love is the love that said I'm ready to give my life for this is a struggle like you have doing it even though you don't realize it. But each one of you who are here risking your life, I love you and respect you every night. I am from 8 to 8.30. I am at home on the radio talking to people, letting them know what's going on. And it's important that we realize that we have a pandemic and a virus that they said they're killing us. No, the one who's killing us is the government who refused to do what is necessary to save our lives. Who allowed the corporation. They give the banks one $1 trillion a day. And they gave me $1,200 for four or five or six months. that the one some of you got, right? trillion to the banks. We don't count to them brothers and sisters. This is not Trump. Where is the goddamn Congress that they don't do anything? Where are they? Where are the politicians? Where are all these, you know, so-called borough supervisors doing something to bail out our people that don't have money to pay rent, that don't have money to buy clothes or buy the food? Where are they? See, we hear here, but a lot of people don't have nothing. We have thousands of homeless people. And then they're killing us. And they're hanging us on trees. They're lynching us. I cannot be happy about that. My soul cannot rest. Because I see these trees and I wonder if tomorrow we have somebody hanging from over here. And you know why that's happening? Because the police is doing that. I accuse the police of doing this killing. They are the two-class clan in blue now. And they are doing that in order to make us fear and stop the movement. And tell us that we had to be so pacificos. Como se dice you know to be so calm to do everything like this and they beat us up and we're supposed to say please don't beat me and just go with a little sign what i'm going to say probably is controversial but that is me it is time that we arm ourselves psychologically physically emotionally and physically you know why white people can arm themselves and come out and do what they do We have the right to defend ourselves because those children that have been hung on the trees, those people that are being murdered have
1: the right to have a life and to defend that life. And unless we do that brothers and sisters, don't talk to me about freedom and liberation. We have the right to fight for our life. Why are these necessary? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. This is
8: not a game, it's easy for somebody that haven't lost somebody to say, yes, do that. No brothers and sisters. You know who forced the, the police over there in Minneapolis to charge the police officers, second degree, sterile, uh, third degree. You know who did it? The riots. I apologize, but the riots. No revolution, no freedom. Anywhere in the world was achieved with flowers. I'm sorry. No revolution, no change. The freedom of this country. People had to fight by any means necessary to to achieve freedom, to achieve national liberation, to abolish slavery. We had to do it like that. And today I want to say, because I see the system with the uh, Palestinian handkerchief that I always wearing but I was late coming here. But we need to understand that the police is being trained by the Zionists that are occupying Palestine. They are being trained because they are killing our children here like they kill the children in Palestine. And we need to unite those two struggles and they were united for a long time. And then thank you, baby. And then the Zionists started to infiltrate the movement to stop that from happening. We need to understand that the freedom of the world depends on our ability to unite with the black movement in this country. And I call for the unity of black and brown. And when I say black and brown, I mean Native American, Asians, or people of color. It is the oppression of the black people in this country that has allowed for this country to go everywhere in the world and murder our people. When I hear my son that he said I was born and raised here, I tell you, I was not born and raised here, but God damn it, I have fought here more than many people that have been born and raised here. This is all our struggle. We need to fight brothers and sisters. Listen! don't make them make us feel that we had to have these parades and these fun things. We have the right to be angry. We have the right and the duty, as Malcolm X said, by any, we have the right and the duty to fight for the freedom of our people by any means necessary. That's for all of us to say that. I thank you for giving me this time. I really wanna say to all the people that are coming out on the street, John and all, how beautiful you are, I'm at home. I'm doing the quarantine and I've been at home doing these things, this, this the, we call it cacerolazo, but it is our protest that we do it every night with the mothers on the march against police murders. We need you to please demand stop. Please stop the politicians and the nonprofit poverty pimp. See, And I work for a nonprofit, so I'm I'm a poverty pimp. But at least I made a commitment that I will <coughs> that I will empower people. That I will not make people dependent on poverty pimps or non profit organization. With that, brothers and sisters, (coughs) I'm sorry, I want to tell you that we need to demand that the police be defunded and abolished. (laughs) That we need to make sure, brothers and sisters, (laughs) that the Bill of Rights of the police is abolished. We need to make sure that the police a stop to exist as a racist institution that it is from this moment on. We need to ensure that no more money is spent on war. We need to ensure that the uh, $40 billion that is being sent to the people, in, to the Zionists that are killing the children in Palestine, that the money be used to home the homeless. We need to fight brothers and sisters. It is yours and my fight. You young and all come at the middle. It is together, brothers and sisters. It's all of us that can win this battle. With that, brothers and sisters, I will say, power to, power to the people! Power to the people! Power to the people! The people united will never be defeated. The people united will never be defeated. The people united will never be defeated. Thank you so much.
4: I don't want to get her sick. Obviously. That's my mama. Y'all remember that show? That's my mama. <laughs> Y'all are too young for that. Look, you don't remember that. But yeah, I want to say another quote. I said I was going to quote a few things. I've been hearing youngsters, a lot of them say, and they're wilding, man, with so much passion and articulate with their words, too. And it was saying, uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, this is that time to. Get comfortable being uncomfortable, because this is the time that we have to rise up. We have one more speaker, and it's direct relative of Luis Congarapá. And um, for those that don't know, I'm sure they'll break it down. But this man was murdered by the police on Shotwell Street, literally within like a 25-second, alter- uh, you know, not even an altercation, just a pull-up, and they they killed him. They murdered him. And this is during the time when a lot of things are going on in the city. So can you please make some noise and give a warm welcome for Luis Pat.
2: Uh,
9: my name is Adriana Camarena. I'm going to be translating for Luis Pot Pat, cousin of Luis Gongora Pat. And this is Jose Longora, brother of Luis. And um, I agreed with them that I would introduce Luis's case. Jose doesn't want to speak today. Sometimes he'll point to his heart and tell me, I have a stake in my heart. I can't talk today. And so he told me today he's hurting, not today. But he wants to be here. (laughs) And we want to just say hey to Jamaica. We really wanted to meet you. And uh, the first thing I would need to tell you is that when I think of the case of Luis Pat, I think about all his Mayan ancestors, all the acts of survival and resilience that had to take place so that Luis Pat was born. In Teabo, and then he had to make the hard decision to take a hard journey over here so that his children and their children could survive and he lived in san francisco and worked in san francisco and sent home money to back to teabo to sustain his family for 10 years there came a moment when he was evicted from his apartment jose who was who had a job elsewhere coming back and forth from another part in uh, in the city every two weeks, he came home to find all their stuff in the dumpster. Jose was able to rescue a little icon of a Virgin Mary and family photos. And that's all he took also to whip himself to the street. And so he was able to find his cousin, but Luis, his brother ended up living in the street. And I'm bringing all of this up because I appreciate the work that the Do No Harm Coalition and the doctors and the whole community is doing to think about what it means to defund the police with an abolitionist perspective. And what happened to Luis is that he was sitting on the ground. He interacted. Some offensive team was called to the encampment where he lived, and they saw him with a knife. And an SF hot team professional called the police, not because he was threatening anybody, not because he was a risk to himself, only because they saw that he had a knife, a knife that Jose has told me he carried always with him. And instead of having a professional who would think about how to talk to Luis, we were talking about it earlier, Jose told me, my brother, I would have, I, if I had been there, I would have said, hey, Luis, you can't just be carrying out a knife like that. He just needed somebody to talk to him. But when they called the police, the police ro- rolled up to the corner, and in less than 30 seconds, I believe it's 28 seconds, they jumped out of the car. Michael Malone, he started shooting beanbag rounds at Luis, beanbags, they're very powerful, less than lethal weapons, they don't even call them not lethal they know they're lethal they call them less than lethal and in the process of starting to shoot him with the beam backgrounds Ruiz got up from the ground and so they started the other officers started shooting firearm rounds and michael malone two-fisted gunman started shooting him too and in the historic decision the department of police accountability decided that michael malone and nate steger had to be had to be suspended but before they could put the suspension on them the police commission before they could do that Nate Stegger resigned he retired sorry with full pension and michael malone went to work with antioch police so if you all know antioch activists we're going to pay a visit we want to be coordinated because we're we're in agreement we got to be united in our actions across the bay that's that's the story of Luis, and to think that a Mayan survivor was killed in less than 28 seconds—that these Mayan warriors now have to carry on with that that weight—that's what I think about when I think about the story of Luis Gonzaga. So now I'm going to hand the mic to Luis Botpatt, his cousin.
10: Buenas noches a todos y muchas gracias por acompañarnos aquí en este, en estos momentos difíciles que está pasando en este país.
9: Thank you for being with us in these difficult moments that we're all experiencing in this country.
10: Me da mucha pena tener que venir a, I testimonio en estos momentos porque pues da nostalgia y da of tristeza saber que es muy triste que esto en una ciudad santuario como San Francisco, California, aquí en este país.
9: It makes me sad to come here to have to give my testimony right now in this circumstances and to know that with a huge nostalgia in my heart
10: and huge pain that these things still happen in the Sanctuary City. Jamás en mi vida pensé tener que vivir esto como indígena maya porque nuestros países muy pobres, muy humildes, este país nos in, expulsa, nos impulsa a venir a este país y llegar aquí, vivir esta vida que estamos llevando aquí.
9: It's incredible to me that as someone who comes from a very humble, uh, little Mayan town, that we are from our own country, expelled to come to this country and then face
10: these circumstances que estar viviendo con este problema. una ciudad santuario y que hoy día tengamos que vivir todos nosotros esto para poder demostrar que este país y esta ciudad con sus It's
9: incredible to me to have to talk about the circumstances of my cousin today in this city and that it takes this level of coming together so that we can understand what how it is that in this country a country that's supposed to be a first world country this is the conditions in which their police departments act
10: por las personas que supuestamente están para ayudar a la gente cuando están en una situación crítica y en especialmente en mi primo por haber perdido su casa que lo expulsaron por los arrendatarios y haya muerto de esa manera en un pa- en una ciudad santuario. To
9: think about my cousin's case someone who was expelled um, out of his apartment, onto the street, and then killed when he was in a crisis by the people, the, by the police who are supposed to protect and serve.
10: I que en vez de que tenga dinero para policías, para armarlos, y matar a la gente, prefiero que tengamos médicos, gente preparada para ayudar a la gente que está pasando la crisis, como la gente que vive en la calle o la gente que tiene problemas, en vez de asesinos, policías que deberían cuidar a la gente, ayudar a la gente, que están para ayudarnos, no para matarnos.
9: And my wish is that instead of having police that are given funds to be armed so that we're killed, that we have medics and professionals that are set up to deal with different circumstances, that different even with people who are homeless. What I wish is that this funds be taken from the police and invested into these other systems of care.
10: Invito a toda la gente que pueda apoyar a demostrar, a exigir a la alcaldesa, a los supervisores, a los representantes de toda la comunidad aquí en San Francisco para desarmar a la policía, quitar el dinero y dárselo a la gente que está en la calle y la gente necesitada. Eso.
9: Eso. I implore you, all of you. Pressure your supervisor, pressure the mayor, pressure the, the people who represent us so that that money is taken away from the police. Defund the police and give it to the people who are homeless in the
10: street. Uh-huh. Woo! Que que todos los representantes, todos los, los la gente que le exija para darle más educación a los a los maestros para poder ayudar a los niños para poder enseñar mejores mejores formas de vivir y de cuidarnos para prepararnos para no caer en adicciones o problemas psicológicos
9: Take that money from the police and invest in teachers, in schools, in education systems that also help our community be more healthy so that Community members, our children, don't fall into unnecessary addiction and other health problems.
10: Ojalá todo cambie, aquí en San Francisco, con un nuevo fiscal que tenemos, y que me siento muy orgulloso de haber hablado con él, últimamente con el apoyo que le dieron a las familias o a, a, a las próximas familias que vayan a tener problemas con él, con la policía. Desgraciadamente las familias como nosotros seguimos pasando el trauma tanto psicológico como económico. Que no podemos salir de lo que pasó con mi primo, pero ojalá que este nuevo fiscal que tiene San Francisco haga muchos cambios como las las actuales que está pasando últimamente para que las próximas familias que algún policía mate a sus familiares tengan mejores oportunidades para defenderse contra esta mafia tan mala que tiene este país y especialmente aquí en San Francisco
9: And so finally I just want to say that I'm very pleased with the district attorney that we have right now because after having a conversation with him about improving the treatment towards families victimized by police, he's making changes. And I really hope that the next families that suffer such a tragedy won't be beneficiaries of that type of change because all of us families who have suffered this tragedy, we continue to suffer the trauma, not only moral and emotional, but also we can never quite recover economically from such
10: a tragedy. Muchas muchas gracias, gracias por su apoyo de todos ustedes. Unidos somos mejores. Arriba Luis Góngora Paz.
9: ¡Arriba! Thank you everybody. United we're
1: stronger. Uh, up with the uh, uh, justice for Luis Góngora Paz.
4: When I say Luis, y'all say Góngora, Luis.
10: Louis, Dundere.
4: man, how y'all feeling out there? Y'all feeling all right? This is still a protest. This is a ceremony, and um, man, I have to acknowledge you, brother. I I admire you like fuck, man. Excuse my language. We have brother in the house, alive and well. Jamaica Hampton, y'all. Y'all make some noise, survivor, a survivor of police terrorism. For real, bro, I really admire you, man. I have to acknowledge you. And his foster mother, Kim, is here as well. You know what I mean? So y'all make a little bit more noise. Y'all y'all make noise for those that are gone. Let's make noise for those that are here and survive that shit. It's no fucking joke. And we're here for you, bro. Like, community here for you. We're going to chop it up after this. I've been waiting, and, you know, so... Man, it's an honor for real. So man, we've been having a good time. I want to say over there at the Presida I Center or Papita Arts. Oh, I see Center. Other spot over here we have Jamaica tea and we have lung support tea for those that might want to get a little bit, you know, healthier before they leave when they depart. But I, I want to thank everybody that came out, everybody that mentioned and touched on everything. I think it's important like we talked about the connection with third world liberation, and if we're talking about black and brown. We're talking about black and brown. We know United States has how many military bases, right? All over, with their sucking money and re- resources out of the Congo, out of Africa, out of Venezuela. They're all up in Palestine, obviously, what's going on. And who trained the Minneapolis police? The IDF, right? So we got to understand. Who trained the San Francisco Police Department? Who trained the Oakland Police Department? These, mili- these military tactics? The IDF, Israeli Defense Force. So let's recognize the connection of third world liberation and our sisters and brothers across these that are fighting. So, man, I'm not telling nobody to go home, but, and we ain't gotta leave here. And I wanna introduce my sister right here. I want y'all to make some noise for this organizer that I really admire. She's been doing much work in the field. Juanatello.
1: What's up, y'all? I don't know about you, but I'm hella proud to be from the Bay today. Today and every day, I'm proud to be from the Bay. But especially today, when you chose to stand on the right side of justice, to caravan from Oakland to San Francisco, connecting our struggles across the Bay, connecting issues, connecting struggle for us to move forward and advance amid crisis is beautiful. The fact that we are here in 2020 is truly resilient for some of us, but we understand the depth of white supremacy and capitalism and the damage that it has done to our ancestors and to us today. And for us to be here in the face of COVID-19, in the face of white supremacy, in the face of capitalism and all the damages and harms that it does to our communities, you all have chosen to be bold, to be united, and to be strategic. And I challenge us to seize the moment because we need to take this opportunity i understand very well that we have been in crisis for a long time this moment is not new but it has exposed all the ways that we have been divested from all the ways that our public tax dollars have been used to harm us and for us we have to make sure that we turn this moment into a movement for abolition and for us we do that to be able to have this caravan to support black liberation, right? To uplift black lives and the sacredness of black lives. And for us to take a stand, whether symbolic or not, to come across the water, right? With that intention of connecting and unifying our communities is powerful. I do wanna bring attention that today and through tomorrow, we are sharing ceremony right now. We had an opportunity to get an opening blessing by our brothers and sisters, from the indigenous diaspora, who have been on the front lines with us to support different families at different moments in our moment of crisis. But especially today, I bring attention to that because we have ceremony here. We are in transition to the summer. We are experiencing summer solstice in resistance. And in the spirit of that, I wanna make sure that before you leave, that we all make a commitment to each other and to our communities, and to our future, to use this momentum to push through the summer, a summer of solidarity and resistance. Yeah. A summer of solidarity and resistance where we can connect these issues. We can connect our fights against the school to prison pipeline. We can connect our fight against homelessness and houselessness. We can connect our fight against police and uh, state sanctioned violence. We didn't understand crisis very well, because for some of us, we've already hit rock bottom. So right now, we actually have an opportunity to really reclaim our coins. Our budgets are a huge source of opportunity for us to collectivize. It's so beautiful to see doctors, public health professionals. I see educators out here. There were young people involved, parents, community organizations. It's gonna take all of us paying attention to where our dollars go. Can I can I hear some noise, make some noise to that? I don't know about you, but I'm going for all of my coins because I refuse to allow our public tax dollars to be used to harm us, to kill us. We should be reclaiming our public tax dollars for public health, for public good, for for our well-being and for our healing. So I want to echo and thank my comrade Nancy for reminding us that reparations is an aspect of healing. These dollars are not going to bring back these lives that have been stolen. However, it will allow us to prevent and and create community-based interventions and it'll allow us to dare to dream of an alternative vision for safety an alternative vision for public health, right? So for us, we really need to remind ourselves that police are not essential. Say that with me, police are not
8: essential.
1: Police are not essential. It's very clear to us that our doctors and our medical workers on the front lines, they are essential. Our teachers in the classroom, doing their best to support young people in the next generation, they are essential. Housing is essential. Police sweeps are not essential. So we have a responsibility to apply pressure, use our positions, use our privilege, wherever you stand in the spectrum of society, whichever sector you are connected to, it is our responsibility to make sure that we unionize, that we use our union, that we leverage our resources. If this is our time, like Mama Christina said, we must be bold, we must be creative, and we must have strategic tactics and a diversity of tactics to push this moment so that they do not bank on the fact that two weeks from now we're gonna get tired or we're gonna forget. We are still here because we remember. So when the name of Mario Woods, In the name of Alex Nieto, in the name of Jessica Nelson, in the name of all of the lives that have been stolen, not just in our city, but nationally, we need to make sure that we're bringing attention and bringing the pressure, bringing the heat. So for us, I just wanna thank us all for being here on the right side of history, for uplifting black liberation, for uplifting third world solidarity, and for us to remember that it's gonna be third world solidarity and self-determination to cure the ills of white supremacy. We have the power, we always have. This is our time to advance our collective and our social consciousness, to abolish police, abolish prison, abolish ICE, and also to abolish the military complex. For us to be able to liberate the land, liberate ourselves, and This is a very important opportunity for us to use this language of defunding the police as only a starting point. It's not the end all. We have been building the alternatives already. We have so much more to go, but I don't know about you, we're going to reclaim our dollars to make sure that we actually get to really fully develop the alternatives that we need that will make us non-reliant on the police to harm us. So I just want to remember us all to be bold, creative and strategic. As the budget hearings are happening in the, at city hall. I was on the police commission hearing the other day, we were on the poll for eight hours. We're gonna need that and then some. So we need all of us to really think deep, to dig deep. If we're not out on the streets, make sure you're, you're sharing your resources, right? That we're using our platform, that we're thinking more, more strategically and a lot bolder about the ways that we're working together this summer. Again, this is a summer of solidarity and resistance. So I, I look forward to seeing you all on the streets. Please make sure that you spread the word. We need to have all eyes on these budgets. It's step one. Thank you all very much.
2: Yes, sir.
4: The police are not essential. Remind me like we could do like the E-40 song, like police, nope community yeah you know what i mean like we should do a remix. flip that for me set all right we're going to take a picture everybody if we could get over by the the huge black health matter sign you know what i mean we could get a banner sign the big huge banner if we could get over there and take some beautiful imagery for this beautiful protest that's been taking place in the caravan like i said we have a tea lung support tea over there anybody that's hydrated Little bit closer so we can still read the lettering. Maybe <laughs> go between
0: the letters. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Welcome back. Folks and folks and if you're just joining so us or listening in now, uh, I've been playing the audio Power. portion of the rally you know? put together uh, by the Do No Harm Coalition, the yes. health cr- health Workers for Black Lives. That was this past Saturday. You can find the full video uh, with ASL interpretation over on Facebook. You go to the Do No Harm Coalition webpage, and find that video there. It's about a little over four-hour video because it includes the caravan that happened earlier on, lots of speakers and music as well, and lots of information. I'm gonna got about 20 more minutes or so for the show. I'm gonna Maybe play some more music and just uh, take some time. Didn't get to too many news stories this uh, week, as I feel the rally covered a lot of information and a lot of news. Uh, if you're interested in more, uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter at r o m a n r i m e r. I share a lot of articles. Also, you can d- find more information about the new. D-
11: yeah.
0: Why am I? I haven't been talking very much today yet. Uh, I'm. Tripping over my words a little bit. Yeah, Do No Harm Coalition has a web page. Add up momentarily. Bring it back up, and you can find more information about how to get involved, especially if you're a healthcare worker in other parts of the world. Uh, if you go to DoNoHarmCoalition.org website they've also provided excuse me provided a training a while ago you can find the video of that as well i think we played part of it on the show here as well providing street medic bridge training for medical professionals uh yeah there's obviously so much more has also gone on during the week and um also just going to just take a deep breath uh yeah i feel like yeah that's there's not much more i can say at this moment so i'm gonna play some more music from fourth curtis it's a song called Nonstop. and uh thanks so much for tuning in we're broadcasting live again from mutiny radio we can listen to shows here any day of the week go to mutinyradio.fm please donate to keep this station going while uh, the dues that we have keep the station the doors open Also, if you're interested in doing a show here of your own, you can also do so by going to mutinyradio.fm. There are several slots throughout the week that are available. You get a two-hour slot once a week to do any type of show you want. Uh, We've got music shows, politics, comedy, spoken word, anything you'd like. So please do get in touch. And check out the archive at mutinyradio.fm for this show and several others, many others, including shows that are no longer with us. You can still hear the archives going back a few years. So please do check that out again mutinyradio.fm. Again, my name's Roman. This has been the Weekly Review. Check out the archive at mutinyradio.fm. Have a great week, everyone. And yeah, I guess I'm wrapping up the show. I'll be playing music, though. I think that's just kind of where my head is at right now. Have a great week, everyone. Black Lives Matter.
12: That's what I'm saying! It's the Joke Workshop, Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Oh,
1: da, da, da.
11: Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains. Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only 35 a month. Business packages starting at 75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. at subliminalsf.myshopify.com That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com and experience Subliminal SF.
13: And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of (laughs) uh, YouTube with Michael Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on the podcast with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. Yeah. Yeah.